Hello, and welcome back to the Age of Empires Definitive Edition podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Robert, and I'm joined today by a very, very special new guest, uh, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Hello. Yeah, very well, thanks. Um, calling in from the UK today, so I'm one of those uh, long bowman specialists. So uh, I've always tried, <laughs> I always had this thing when I was younger about trying to be the Britons and just feeling proud of it and, you know, always being a bit more upset if I lost with them. But uh, I'm, I'm glad we live in a multicultural society now and that phase is gone. So. <laughs> I, mean, I I do appreciate the uh, the historical uh, I guess um, you know reaching out trying to trying to find your roots per se. Uh, yeah, well, I, I always saw it as a bit of a cultural hobby back in the day, so I'm uh, you know I'll, I'll stick to that as, as um, well as your empire's plans. Of course, of course. Uh, so we're we're actually it's been probably forever. So uh, if you are hearing this, you are maybe surprised. Uh, uh, we've been quiet for a while. Uh, the original run was focused on AOE, uh, the definitive edition of the first game, uh, but we are going to get to Age of Empires, uh, the second, the second game, the uh, the game that everybody played back in the day and is now rediscovering uh, in its definitive edition uh, format. Um, so what we're going to do just for this introductory episode is introduce ourselves, uh, our kind of history with, I guess, uh, real-time strategy games. So uh, just keep that in mind, Chris, uh, when mm-hmm. you are... You know, if you if you play Command and Conquer or whatever else, uh, you can maybe uh, speak to that. Um, so we'll do that first. Uh, then we'll get on to the Age of Empires Definitive Edition, Age of Empires Two, the Definitive Edition. Uh, after, so uh, let me begin. Uh, yeah. I am the host. Uh, I, we recorded the previous shows, which um, for, with differing audio qualities. I'm sure for those who listened. Uh, so I hope to keep it a little more consistent uh, throughout these episodes. Um, but I will say. Uh, I'm Robert. Uh, I played AOE 2 originally. I think the first time I experienced it, I was at someone's house. They were a little older and they were playing the game. And I tried it and I was absolutely terrible at it. Um, but I definitely really enjoyed the idea of um, Age of Empires. Uh, I didn't know, I'm, I'm sure when I started, I didn't even know that farms were a good thing because I'd see my friend play and he'd just be building farms all over the place. I'm like, why are you building farms? You know, Let me make yeah. uh, two soldiers and I can win the game. That was That was my original... Uh, approach to the game uh, obviously uh not the case now but uh that was it then um i think for me when it comes to real-time strategy games starcraft was probably the the one that uh consumed my starcraft 2 specifically consumed my high school life per se um and then um from there i guess nowadays in the last year or so uh with the release of the definitive edition uh i've been getting a chance to play it uh, a little more uh and that is um that is kind of where I stand now. So I, I know how to use hockeys. Um, I, I definitely complain about sometimes feeling like, like the game is a little slower per se. Um, but there's also a quality to that, to that, to maybe the speed of the game. Um, cause in Starcraft, you can like die really, really quickly in AOE. You can as well, but there, there's definitely a, a different tug and pull, I guess, of, of the strategies. I guess even if you're really, winning. really bad, you're going to get, uh, you're gonna get at least <laughs> twenty minutes of game time, aren't you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're not gonna lose in the first minute. You have to, you have to uh, bring it out to twenty minutes. Um, but I guess that's nice too because it gives you a little bit of time to familiarize yourself with the game. Uh, I guess with that, I'll pass it on off to Chris. Chris, uh, what is your experience in the past with the game? Yeah, so I, I've been very black and white with it, really. So I was just a shameless gamer back in back in my sort of formative years at school with my friends all this um 
I remember seeing Age of Empires 1. Um, I think it was in the days when you get um, a demo of a game, you know, when you stuck to the front of a magazine, you'd get like a CD. Yes, yes. So I think I, I got the demo of it. And uh, my friend's sister was actually playing on it as well. So like you, you just kind of saw her doing it. And she was awful, by the way, just sticking watchtowers all over the map. Don't know what she was doing. But anyway, um, <laughs> and uh, I obviously just thought I could do a better job than that. So uh, I was kind of impressed that she was into that anyway but um and yeah i remember me and my next door neighbor just kind of thought like he had a playstation one i i was the pc boy um and um i yeah so i we, we did like a joint saving up project um so there's like 60 english pounds we, we we're gonna get age of empires one for me and uh, i think it was a game called twisted metal which was just some fast and loose driving rocket firing game for his playstation so uh so that was that and we got age of empires <laughs> one and i wasted lots of time doing that so that was brilliant and uh so from from age of empires one i, I kind of i had a bit of a, a thing with the settlers uh i really enjoyed mm. the fact that you know you didn't have kind of this god stockpile you had to carry things around and it just it just felt nice and kind of you know efficiency was a thing in it um and yeah it was it was cool enjoyed that so i've, I've got various upgrades and i've kind of progressed through age of empires 2 and then for me um i kind of did the whole getting cool thing or getting getting told I wasn't allowed to game anymore by, you know, I went to went to university or college and uh, kind of, you know, other things took took priority and kind of came out the back of that as a bit of a, you know, uh, a work, working sports person. But, you know, God bless COVID throwing us all back into our houses. And I thought, <laughs> you know what, if ever there's a time where I can get, get back in touch with an old one-player hobby, this is the thing. And uh, – so me and one of my old buddies who we used to play Age of Empires with, in fact, the same guy who had this sister, um, we just said like, look, he's living on a flat and he's only in London. Let's just let's just hit it up and we'll chat through that rather than Zoom because it's just a bit more interesting. And uh, and yeah, this kind of world of content and obviously DE and everything is is it's a lot more. It's kind of in Technicolor now, and it seems to be just watching it done competitively is is uh, so much more interesting than these kind of four hour sort of horrific eco followed by huge siege uh, situations that I used to have. So that's kind of my background really. So <laughs> loving getting back into it, but there was a massive hiatus where I was just chasing various sports balls and beers and things like that. So glad to be back. Oh, that's good. It's good. And uh, I, I like it. You'll, you'll give a fresh perspective. That's a little different. I think for everyone, um, for, for myself, uh, at least you, you've kind of touched upon what you've been, uh, how you've been actually experiencing the game in the last couple of months uh, mm. with your mate. Um, but on my end, I've actually gotten a group of friends that we used to all play the game uh, with the definitive edition coming out. I think it was actually in the past three months or so we've been playing yeah. regularly once a week. And it's really nice because I think it's a perfect blend between I'm getting slightly better every time we play, um, but I haven't fully jumped in and, you know, really, really overly, uh, I guess, competitive. I don't think that's a word, but the. I know exactly. What I, you mean. I agree. Yeah. yeah, where where I, I'm not like I need to have exactly the perfect build. I'm gonna practice the same build over and over yeah. and over again, uh, like I did uh you know back in the SC two days. Um but that's that's kinda my experience right now. I've I've been having a lot of fun and we've kind of slowly transitioned our team. We had someone who was pretty new to the game who uh, over time got a little bit better, so we kinda caught up with the rest of us. Right. Uh, and now we've transitioned our, our two, three or four player team, depending on the week obviously and availability, into into rank play and that's been kind of the new the new horizon where it amuses me because I think some of us, like we don't know the competitive per se strategy of the game, but we have a lot of really 
I guess people who've who've who play a certain style and they play it very very well. Mm, uh, yeah. And it, I, I don't think it's derived from. I think we learned like maybe the most basic of openings uh, when it comes to when you build your house and, and you know like that very beginning that is crucial. But after that, after it starts expanding past that, we we get to a point where uh, it's all over the place when it comes to strategy. Um, but I, I found that at times though we'll we'll either crush opponents or, or we'll get uh, completely uh, destroyed depending on how much they play. <laughs> it's yeah. really. The big, it really uh, it, it comes down to the small things so often, doesn't it? Like, uh, you know, if you can get into, you see it with the pro games all the time. If you can be two minutes getting into a, an age or a couple of villages ahead, it can make, you know, it's, it's an exponential boom, isn't it? And it's uh, such a difference. So I can see how that can happen. Do you have like one um, friend who's like kind of the viper of the group? Do you have one guy who kicks all your asses on a daily basis? Or is it okay, so there, there's two of my friends. They're both brothers and they're both, uh, they are, uh, three years younger and two years older, respectively, from okay. me. So they're I'm kind of in between the two of them. Uh, they both are very good economic players. Yeah. So if if we we tend to be able to win most games, we can get past a certain point in the game. As long as we don't get completely overrun, or one player doesn't get overrun by by a certain point in the game, we're we're usually able to uh, build enough stuff to just win. Um, yeah. I think I think the one thing that Age of Age of Empires definitely presents is this thing that there's there's almost a million depending on the civs there's a million situations right so if you're not playing regularly you're you're banking on i guess outperforming as opposed to out strategizing most most of your opponents yeah yeah which is it's a good incentive just to kind of you know kick on and just just improve your not that you necessarily need to be training for the average joe but you know just um you know if you can if you can improve that that build order or or improve your kind of, um, you know, your, your your clicks per minute, all that kind of thing. Then, then you know, you can, uh, it can make a, a really big difference. And, for sure, uh, for sure. And I, I guess what that's maybe a big thing that I would want to talk about uh, right now uh, is experiencing AOE uh, again. I guess. Mm. Um, do you find that? I want to talk. I don't want to talk about necessarily the strategy, but the pace of the game because we touched upon it a little bit earlier. But do you find that there's you're almost forced into kind of a mold when you're playing. Like, I feel like I, I'm really weird because sometimes I'll just really enjoy developing the economy because AOE is so focused on that is developing, yep. making sure you're uh, constantly producing villagers. Um, but do, do you find that sometimes where it's like, Oh, there's this one aspect that I'm really enjoying and this other aspect that's maybe tedious. Um, I think so. I was thinking earlier when you, you kind of introduce your style and you, you sound like quite a military man. Uh, I'm we're we're yin and yang, buddy. Um, I honestly used to get laughed at by my friends. My friends actually gone on to you know works for the, the British government in military strategy. So he's Mister Military, and I'm I'd basically be just sat there having a great time in the feudal age, just aligning my farms and making sure I'm not cutting down the aesthetically beautiful trees and and just kind of <laughs> doing that kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of my instincts are definitely on the getting things nice and efficient. And if I've misclicked a farm, it winds me up no end. So that's kind of where I came from. That very bumbling, you know, thirteen-year-old sit there, just build up your your eco. Um, and just the, I guess if you if you're playing that way, particularly against the computer before this kind of online boom, um, you don't really get to see the game properly because you. It's kind of like if you can make paladins why would you bother faffing around with a couple of archers and a couple of spearmen especially <laughs> unupgraded ones and why the hell would not 
upgrade absolutely everything. So it's it's been brilliant to come back into it. And, uh, you know, the, the element of timing, and you, you obviously see it when, when people are playing head-to-head, um, it, it's, it's really opened the game up for me. And I used to see it as... I mean, compared to things like the Settlers, I used to see it as a predominantly military game, which although is quite mm. simple, there's a lot of military units. Um, and maybe it's just because I am kind of an eco-minded guy. I kind of thought you do the eco and then there's just so many, it's kind of a bit two-dimensional in terms of the fighting, but it's about the timing <laughs> and about how you can actually kind of the units that you choose to invest in and and where you deploy them and who you deploy them against. And, and there's been so much honing of the sieves and the balance still a few tweaks and whatnot but i've been impressed by the the regularity of the patches and real efforts to kind of balance the game off and it's it's just a, a piece of art now I, I absolutely love it that's that's me watching it I, I watch a good game but actually playing it is another story at the moment for me well i'll say this to your point i think aoe um this is a comparison i was making and I'll, for, for those who do listen i'm sorry there will be starcraft talk at some point uh but um and specifically starcraft 2 the, the way the game is designed is it the amount of damage per second that is dealt is so um, efficient. There's so much that the game can end very quickly. Mm. Um, and in AoE, that's not necessarily the case. So you tend to have a lot more time if there's a small group of units where you can kind of, even with just villagers, you can you can kind of thwart it off to, to some extent. Um, it's when someone has this reinforcement, this continuous reinforcement, uh, that is close to your base, or or perhaps a castle position, or what have you, where you're really in trouble, right? Because there's a lot of units, and you don't have enough time to build those units. Yeah. Um, but I, but I feel like the actual ba- like battles to your to your point, um, tend to. They tend to be a lot more just, and this perhaps maybe because we're not at the higher level where where the micromanagement, like the individual mo- unit movements, are as effective. But there's many of a time where I'm like, okay, just send the army in and fight. You know, like I have a. Yeah. It's more about making sure you're in a good position before the fight than during the fight, per se. Yeah, um, it's that whole yeah. element of surprise as well. And, and it's, it's I guess, you, you invest in your army. It's something that builds up over time. You spend your resources into it. But then, yeah, I mean, it used to be the case of just send the boys in and just watch them do their <laughs> thing and drip feed into it. But, um, yeah, if you, if you do it you properly, you know, you get that element of surprise and you, you, you swoop around the back. And it's, it's, it's gone from being something that I thought was quite a basic thing mm. to something that is as you say is inf- there's infinite possibilities and i do love trying to mix in a good old bit of newbie strategy and wh- <laughs> why don't people do this so there will be a lot of naive questions but i kind of I'm, I'm more than happy to try it out and i by the way i have played a few competitive games and i just didn't have the pay i sucked i didn't have the patience so you know, <laughs> that bit where you ring the town bell and you can't see the end and you know you're only, only in the feudal age but you know you've got you're bravely staring down six knights with three foragers. It's uh, the writing's <laughs> kind of on the wall. So uh, yeah, I've I've kind of uh, re- resigned in in disgust a couple of times, but I'll have to go back to it, having been inspired by a few tournaments recently. I'll say this: uh, the the day that I start uh, building mini walls around my villagers is the day I know I've uh, completely switched over to the competitive side. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> when, yeah. when you see pro play and, and they are just uh, building those uh, those wooden walls all over the place in a circle around themselves oh, to yeah. protect themselves. Gotta love the quick uh, wall. Yes, yes. I, I think um, I'll put that into my. Uh, you know how you have like um, a set of things in your head that if you break your leg and you can't go to work or whatever, just certain box sets <laughs> things like that. That's that's in there for me. I really am. If I get a quiet four hours, maybe I can sit down. Nobody's watching me. I can 
get out an old video on YouTube, uh, maybe a T90 number and teach myself how to uh, quick wall and all those things. That'd be quite nice. But uh, for now, I'm just clicking away like a good, good old noob. So, uh, yeah, ELO probably reflects it as well. That's okay. That's okay. And uh, we're hoping that, I mean, this is probably a perfect time to transition to this. A little bit of a disclaimer. We are not experts in any way. Uh, we are both just enjoying the game right now, and we will be talking about our crazy strategies, per se, that we come up with, uh, even if they are complete rubbish. Um, enjoy enjoy making fun of us, I guess, if you if you enjoy this podcast, I think is probably the first thing. Uh, and we may be looking at pro play and think, telling, telling people what... Um, what we think but if you at any point take us seriously uh with our opinions uh that is on you <laughs> yeah. agreed I think, agreed because i know i know it's very interesting because i know there's sometimes a podcast where people will listen to the show and go oh i completely disagree with this point that's probably going to happen a lot if you know anything you you probably have more knowledge of the game than us if you're listening to a podcast so uh just amuse yourself with our ramblings and our, our random consider it a public service in trying times you'll feel really good about how clever you are <laughs> and how, how good you are at the game so uh yeah yes Enjoy. yes we're here to boost your morale to boost your self-esteem about uh, how good you are um and i guess i guess with that i with this whole episode uh, i think our regular episodes will be closer to an hour per se uh once once we get really into the swing of things but i did want to uh, create this intro episode just so everyone knows where we're at what we're planning uh currently the plan will be to release one episode a month so it won't be um it won't be weekly um i think the content if it was weekly may may suffer a little bit uh depending if there was a tournament or not uh but our goals currently will be uh to release one episode a month um, there'll be a range of topics. We'll try to review some pro play. At the very least, we might go and choose one game or two, uh, maybe a game each that we that we really enjoyed and, and kind of say what happened and w- why we enjoyed it. Uh, that might be a reoccurring segment. Yeah, I feel. sounds um, good. Maybe, maybe there'll be, uh, at the beginning of every episode, maybe we'll do a little bit of um, uh, some basic skill that we can talk about, you know. Uh, whether it's hockey's or, or walling or uh, you know maybe maybe how when you should um, build your first house you know the basic opening something like that then we'll be some little tip maybe at the beginning of the episodes I'm sure we'll workshop it and we'll we'll switch it as we go uh, and as we get more comfortable uh, uh, I guess uh, as a duo um, so we'll, we'll see how that develops um, but really that's the plan once a month um, about an hour episode. Uh, and we'll have a list of topics. There'll be a little bit of pro play per se, tournament play, uh, and a little bit of um, maybe our our tips and tips and tricks for very very beginners. Although I think more than anything, they'll help us more than they'll help the listeners. Yeah, that time, I was going to say, I'll um, be there with my notepad when you're talking about uh, <laughs> hotkeys and things like that. Yeah, it might be quite a quiet episode from my point. Um, so, so, but I mean, th- that's the, that's the goal as well as if maybe hopefully, you know, you're, if you enjoy listening to us and, and you enjoy, uh, you know, hearing someone talk about, uh, AOE, uh, and there's someone new that would like to get into the scene and get into the game. Uh, maybe you'll show them one of our episodes, uh, that would be, uh, might be a nice little intro for them. Otherwise, um, I guess, I guess, uh, there is... I mean, I guess the big announcement is that that there is going to be regular episodes and we're back, right? So that yeah. that is a, a big thing. I know it's been a, quite a while since the last episode released, um, and this monthly format will 
hopefully uh, keep the show consistent, uh, even if the uh, the amount of episodes is less. Uh, Chris, do you have any maybe topic or, or random musing uh, about the game, about the podcast that you'd like to introduce here at the very end? Um, a little intro episode? Maybe, I guess we could have it as, we could either try and cover it now or we could, could talk about it next time. But recently, I know it's, it's always different when you're watching a game because in the early stages, the Dark Age, Free Age, whatever, you, you're running all the various strategies through your head, there's all sorts going on. But maybe it's just the slow pace of the game at the time in which they are out. But I have a real bugbear with skirmishes and I need to really drill into this and I'm going to be potentially asking you a few questions because I'm just fed up of seeing those inefficient spears just missing things. And when they, you know, I, they, yeah, it's, it's not my thing. There's, so that's one of the, the things I really want to get under the skin of. Um, and so are you saying, do you feel like your opponents are hitting hitting those shots and you're missing? Well, no, I just I just feel like as a unit, it's um, most units, yeah, they have the things that they counter. Most units have some inherent strength in themselves and you can you can kind of wash your face against most other units and then they have units that they're weak against. But for me, it just seems that skirmishes, they, they do hardly any damage. They, <laughs> they're, they're rarely accurate. Yes, they counter, um, you know, they, you need a few mixed in against archers, but I mean, even so, their their accuracy is so poor. They're outmaneuvered, and and that only gets worse as the game goes on, as you get more mobile units coming onto the field. So, I don't know. I I just see them being see them out there, and uh, yeah, some games. So maybe so, you can educate me in the the way of the skirmisher. I get, I guess a lot of times they're pretty cheap. I think that's one big thing. So yeah, if someone yeah. is is trying to build their economy and they want to put up a little bit of pressure, they can they can get it. I also believe the upgrades. Uh, make a big difference so once you um once you get thumb ring yeah um, and a couple other other those upgrades you can they really do start becoming more effective i think more than anything if you have enough of them uh and you can position position yourself properly you're able to get into a villager line and pretty safely uh do a little bit of harassment yeah Um, i think more than anything if something's going towards them so like if someone has an army going towards them it's pretty easy for them to just shoot back up shoot back up uh, and hit that target if it's going towards yeah, them. It's one of the sure. targets moving from side to side where it really becomes a problem. I I just think these these poor boys need a uh, you know <laughs> they need need sorting out. I think the the you know the minimum range as well. I think that's harsh on the on the boys. So uh, I I don't know. I, I've uh, I, I struggle to get on with them. And yes, I I agree. Like you know, almost like a a, a condiment. You can sprinkle a few into your, your, your <laughs> archers or something like that just to give you the edge in those archer battles. But I always find that you know you see. 10 or 12 of the guys walking or like just walking around and I don't know, the impact's not there. Obviously they don't do anything really with buildings, get anywhere near a town center. And, and yeah, just the, 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 the speed of a, of a striding villager is often too much for their, uh, rude uh yeah, I will say if you have, if you're building skirmishers past a certain point in the game, you're probably losing. Yes, uh, probably. It's, it, it, it seems in pro plates used a lot, but that's because of the, how cheap they are. I think ultimately, yeah, is that their play, players would like to get even if they get a villager or two. Sometimes they find it worth it just to put a little bit of pressure. Um, maybe even get the villager off of whatever you know, whatever resource they are currently. That's fair. Uh, I agree with that. Static units and whatnot. And then I guess later on, when gold's a bit scarce, you need to pad numbers out. Uh, I guess there's value in in attracting enemy fire, even if. You know, you, you've not got them there to necessarily hold their own and do damage. You know, if, if you've if they've got gold units that are fighting your skirmishers whilst other units can go and do damage, then that's great. And I guess a lot of units do peak with with archers. So, so whether you, you you're talking your kind of 
your Mayans or your, your Britons or even Mangadai, things like that, then I guess they're going to have a bit more value. I, I will say I I had a game. This, it's funny that you brought this up. Last week I had a game where we were playing with with the uh, the friends, um, and I ran out of gold and my whole all my economy was completely destroyed. I was the one canning in, uh, hanging in there, but I had an mm. archery range, right? And I had about I lost my market so and all my villagers, so I couldn't even uh, build uh, so, uh, maybe build a market to, to kind of trade. Uh, some of my stuff but uh because of that i did have eight archery rangers so i ended up the whole end of the game uh building um like 200 maybe maybe it was almost 150 skirmishers repeatedly because of how much uh i'd banked up throughout the game uh and so we were going to completely slaughtered but i i uh i was amused by the fact that i could repeatedly create this 150 army of skirmishers over and over again that sounds um, like a nightmare i would have after eating too much cheese or something like that it, it was it was thing. they were really bad against the unit i was facing i believe it, it might have been knights or some other form of archery uh, uh sorry horseback unit i don't quite remember mm. which civ i was against but um the only way they were effective was if my teammate had other cavalry units fighting against the opponent's cavalry units yeah. and there's also the archery ranges where they were spawning created a little bit of a sim city per se like a maze uh, and so it was a yeah. death trap but even with that death trap every the art <laughs> there was like 50 uh, of these uh, spears being thrown at this one unit and even that it would take like two hits to kill so you're just um, it was just into an absolute hedgehog of a man but he's still getting through <laughs> yeah so uh, yes, skirmishers. I don't feel like later on in the game make much sense, but I, I do understand why they're used earlier. I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, they, yeah, they they have some value, but uh, I just uh, it always occurs to me when when you see you know, and these are, these are top players that that are using them. So I, it's me that needs to learn and wind my neck in definitely. But yeah, I, I see people. It feels like they are u- quite heavily used, uh, and it's, I guess it's their, their value, their cost, and, and whatnot, and the the appearance of an army necessarily rather than necessarily what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I feel, especially if we're talking about very simple micro, it's when the opponent attacks the unit, when it, when an opponent that doesn't, that isn't a ranged unit attacks your group of uh, skirmishers, they can actually be effective because they're going towards you. And so yeah. they, they're easy to hit. Um, but except for that, until you really get thumbering and a couple other upgrades, uh, they are pretty bad. Uh Okay. Yeah, but I guess late game when there is no gold, you know, you, yeah. you may have to rely. Um, that's that's I guess where I'm at with that. Uh, but thank you for bringing this up because uh, I think I think this is hopefully the type of discussions we'll have more of on the next show. Maybe there'll be other units that you have, uh, Chris's yeah. units that he's currently uh, exactly. Maybe we can make a feature of it. Things that I irrationally yeah. hate for no reason. It's definitely <laughs> nothing to do with the fact that I can't use hotkeys uh, and I've lost three out of three <laughs> ranks matches. <laughs> <laughs> uh who knows who knows but, but, but that's great um i think we'll probably uh, start wrapping it up i just i wanted this one to be short yeah uh, like i said future episodes will will range closer to the hour uh we'll get further into our ramblings and discussions um once again i hope you enjoyed you were at least a little bit entertained uh, i guess this is almost like a teaser announcement type uh type episode a little bit uh but we shall see you uh before the end of this month uh, or I guess you shall hear us before the end of this month is the correct thing to say. Uh, apart from that, um, yeah, it's I, it's been good. It's been a nice little intro episode. Uh, I, I always enjoy these because it it makes me 
it makes me really excited to play the game when when I actually record an episode. Yeah. Now, now I've got my uh, my little Cub Scout uh, level one badge for skirmishes. I'm going to get straight on it and uh, <laughs> destroy seven other players on the on the on for the, sure uh, for player, sure. Yeah. But, because of this episode, you're only going to build skirmishers. It's just going to be skirmisher only armies, and until you figure out how to use them, how to properly use them. Uh, and then, and then eventually you'll be a monster. Uh, it's like okay. solitary confinement. I'll be stuck with them until I can get it, until I can learn to behave. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's great. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll make me a better player as well by explaining the uh, the bare necessities of these these things. So yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Chris. Uh, I hope all of your listeners, uh, our listeners, enjoyed it. And we'll see you uh, later this month. Uh, bye bye, everyone. Bye bye.